0: Josh, I'm Jamie, and welcome to the conversation with Two Geeks, the podcast where we're talking about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we'll be talking about everything from Haley stifle and many others joining the cast of Hawkeye to Warner Media deciding to put its 2021 movie slate simultaneously on HBO Max and in the theaters.
1: Yep. And if you want to follow our social media pages, we're on Twitter at ConvoWithTwoGeeks, with Two Geeks. And we're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And they'll post a link to our Anchor homepage that has a link to all of our social media pages. And also if you feel like shooting us an email, we're at conversation with two geeks at gmail.com spelled all the way out.
0: You can also listen to our pack catalog on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and wherever podcasts are listened to. How are you, Jamie?
1: I'm I'm hanging in there. How are you doing?
0: Eh, Same here. Uh, It's uh, the holidays are now starting to approach and uh, yeah, just that and just trying to balance out everything, especially with, uh, you know, um, context. I'm in, um, I'm in university right now or college and final season's upon us and trying to deal with that just is a nightmare.
1: Oh man, I feel for you. Yeah. (laughs) I wish Uh, you luck on your finals. (laughs)
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah. Anyways, moving. Anyways, um, let's get to our main topic today. Um. So, or our first main topic today. So, according to um Haley Seinfeld's Instagram page, as well as leaked set photos with actor Jamie Renner in an abandoned subway station, it has been confirmed that the actors will indeed be playing Kate Bishop in the new Hawkeye series for Disney Plus. Uh, for those that don't know who the character is, in the comics, Kate takes up the mantle Hawkeye name mantle after it was believed that the original home the title. Uh, clint barton was dead the character became prominent very prominent during uh Matt writer mac fractions run on the comic she's also a member of the team the young avengers which could be set up here as variety report that actress uh florence Pugh is set to revise her role as yelena Bevelo- uh, be- Beve- bellona. Belova. bellona Belova. jesus that's a mouthful uh in the series and alongside Pew actress uh Vera Fermia, best known for her roles in *Beneath* uh, and *Based on we'll be playing the Marvel character Elena Bishop. Not uh, Elena. Shoot. Um, Eleanor. Eleanor Bishop. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> the mother, of Kate Bishop. In addition to Fermia and Pew, we also have Rafi as Com Commerzary, Kaz. Um, Cassie. I'm not. I'm not gonna pronounce that last one. Um, Kazi, aka Clown, <laughs> a mercenary, bearsall call actor Tony Dalton as Jack. Duke, Duke, Jesus Christ, Duke, Duke Duke Quinson, I believe so. If we're
1: mispronouncing their names, we're so sorry, we're so terrible. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, we are so sorry. Um, An early mentor figure to Hawkeye, newcomer Alcoya Cox as Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, a deaf native American who is perfectly capable of perfectly copying another's purpose moves another person's movements making her a formidable fire and Zon McLaren as william lopez mario's father joined the series as well the series is set to air next year so it looks like hayley steinfeld is officially in the series which again for that, a very long time that's pretty cool yeah for a very long time it's been up in the air because apparently she had a no apparently she had a um a no contest contract with apple which I imagine her lawyers and probably Mm -hmm. Marvel lawyers were probably very much like, okay, we need to get her out out of this. But, you know, there were also alternatives. I think Olivia Cook and uh, Caitlin um, Caitlin Denver from Booksmart was also up for the role, but I'm happy that uh, Haley Steinfeld is officially joining the MCU. And yeah.
1: That's pretty cool. Um, I know know people were um, rallying behind her and um, I remember seeing a lot of the people wanted her to be Kate Pitchup so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then also just um, the fact—I know I don't know how Elena is gonna play in the role. Um, I imagine it's probably gonna be something like a post-credit scene. I don't think she's gonna be in like the main series, but the fact that we got um, Forest P's character back means that she does indeed in survive Black Widow, mm. and uh, she's probably gonna have a bigger role, but. Yeah, no, there's that, and then, um, obviously, yeah, there's that, and then um, and then uh, Vera Farmiga, who I really like as an actress, uh, is going to be joining the cast as well, and yeah, no, this looks uh, between, it looks like it's coming all together very well, and I'm really excited for this.
1: Yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, I remember seeing it when it was announced on Twitter, everybody was pretty excited about it, so this is pretty cool. This should be good.
0: Yeah. Anyways, another bit of casting news. Um, so, Oscar Isaac is joining Jordan Vogt-Roberts' Metal Gear Solid, according to Deadline. Oscar Isaac has been attached to play uh, the character Solid Snake in Sony's upcoming Metal Gear Solid adaptation. The film is in development over at the studio with Kong Skull Island director Jordan Vogt-Roberts on board to direct, and Garrett Connelly, who co-wrote uh, Jurassic- the Jurassic World films with Colin Trevorrow, as well as was a writer on Kong Skull Island, writing the screenplay. For those unfamiliar with the game, it was created in by, it was created in 1998 by uh, Hito Kojima and Follow Snake, a soldier who infiltrates a nuclear weapons facility to neutralize the terrorist threat. Foxtown, a renegade special forces unit. Um, yeah. A production start date is still unknown. Um, what are your thoughts on this? And have you ever played this game?
1: I haven't played this game, but I'm all for more Oscar Isaacs getting more roles because I think he's really good. Yeah, this um, is like the
0: third Oscar Isaac rule.
1: I know. He's been getting stuff lately. He got, um, what was the other comic one he got?
0: He got Moon Knight.
1: Um, Moon Knight, yeah. Moon Knight, which a lot of people were excited for. And this this people are excited for, too. So good for him. Getting some jobs lined up for mm-hmm. and stuff should be really good.
0: What looks do you like think? Yeah, looks like we're going to have a bit of an Oscar Isaac renaissance. There we yeah say. so yeah no i'm 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 all for this again i haven't played the game but i mm-hmm. have heard about it i know that um david hater is i think the main voice on that game and he was a writer on x2 mm,
1: okay um,
0: yeah again i haven't played this game because i'm not much i'm not much in the video games that's only recently i've started really to become it so mm-hmm. i yeah i i yeah you you know a bit more than me but or yeah. I thought you, might, you know, especially when it comes to video games and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: this one I haven't played, but um, at least I do it's not ringing a bell in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it still be, it should still, still be good. I'm excited
0: for it. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Also, another bit of casting news we got um, mm-hmm. three actresses for Willow, airing, um, according to Variety, actresses Erin Kellyman, uh, Kaylee Spaney, and Ellie Bamber are negotiating the star in the Willow series of Disney Plus. However, details on the characters that the three would play are being kept under wraps. Kellyman was in previously in Star Wars The Solo Story as Empress Ness and is said to be in A24's The Green Knight. Spaney was most recently in The Craft Legacy. Her other feature roles include 2018 specific uh, Rim Uprising and, the Bat- and Bad Times at the El Royale. As for Bamberg, her roles include Pride and Prejudice of the Zombies, Nocturnal Animals, and the Nutcracker in The Four Realms. So, hmm. yeah. Looks like this project's getting underway.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, since we don't know who they're playing, we don't really can't say too much. But that's good for them. That should be good.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, I have a. Anyways, for our next topic, are you familiar with the Toxic Avenger?
1: Mm-mm, honestly, no.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so for those that don't know what the Toxic Avenger is, essentially, back in the day, and this actually has a connection with a certain MCU director um back in the day there was this company i think they're still around called trauma and what they okay. make very schnocky b movies and one of their big b movies was the toxic avenger and okay and um and also but in fact james gunn worked for trauma that was literally his first gig
1: uh, oh okay so, yeah
0: um lloyd kaufman is the man that runs it um he was in the prison scene he's like one of the prisoners kind of cheering someone um the fight on during like the in like uh, the first guardians okay yeah um yeah no i just he's the kind of like he's the human looking one of that group. so yeah no i'm all right so i i'm not gonna lie i kind of get a crack at this but um well kind of a crack, but also I really do like this actor. Um, according to Deadline, Pierre Dinklage is set to start in Legendary's new Toxic Avenger movie, a contemporary reimaginary, reimagining of Troma's entertain entertainment, successful 1984 low-budget action comedy, which seeped into environmental themes and subverts the superhero genre similar to Deadpool. The synopsis reads, when a struggling everyman is pushed into a vat of, of toxic waste, he is transformed into a mutant freak who must go from shunning from shunned outcast to underdog hero as he races to save his son, his friends, and his community from the forces of corruption and greed. This film is set to be directed by Macon Blair, who previously directed I Don't Feel at Home Anymore with um, Mel, um, Mel, 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 Melanie Melanie Leninsky um, and Elisha Wood for Netflix, as well as starred in Green Room alongside the late Anton Yelchin. So, oh, okay.
1: So,
0: yeah, I know. I'm like-
1: very cool. This should be fun, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. And are you I've, excited for it? I I'm curious about You're it. Cause, curious. Because I've I've only seen really oh, if I'm being fully honest, I only know about it via reputation. I haven't really actually sat down and watched it in a while. Mm-hmm. But I'm very curious how they're gonna do it because it's very schlocky B movie. Mm. And and I am very, yeah, and I'm really curious because um, the Macon Blair, uh, the director, he's actually been directing some pretty interesting stuff, especially with, um, I I don't feel at home anymore. And, you know, him being an actor with Green Room and stuff. It's like, he's kind mm. of been coming up there. So this is a definitely a big deal. And yeah, no, I'm very curious to see how this project's gonna go. Very, very curious. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, So guess who's coming back to the Arrowverse? Who? Diggle.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, according to Deadline, David Ramsey, who previously played John Diggle on CW's Arrow, will be will return to direct five episodes in the DC Universe, including the new series Superman and Lois and Supergirl. And in addition, uh, Ramsey will guest star in five episodes, returning as Diggle in Superman and Lois, Supergirl, The Flash, and Batwoman, along with a mysterious role in DC's Legends of Tomorrow that is being kept under wraps. Um, I remain in awe of the imprint these shows have had on television, and I am blessed for the best part of a decade to be a part of them both, in- both in front and behind the camera. To say I'm excited to be on to return to the Berlantiverse would be an understatement. I can't wait to continue telling these stories. This could be interesting.
1: Mysterious role in legends. Like what? <laughs> very Are we- interesting. I'm glad he's getting to direct though because mm-hmm. I know people really liked him as a director when he mm-hmm. directed episodes on Arrow. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. And I'm kind of glad he gets to kind of go all over the place. That should be fun. Yeah.
0: Plus it's nice to see Dingo back.
1: But, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Especially especially if he's going to be making an appearance. In, like, um, I I had a feeling he was probably going to make an appearance in Superman and but the fact that he's going to be on, back on Flash it's always funny when he's on Flash.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, as well as his mysterious spot on Legends of Tomorrow. I'm really curious if this is because remember, could could
1: this be Green Lantern?
0: I don't know, especially given that we are getting the Green Lantern show um, with um, Mm -hmm. on HBO Max. So I don't. Because
1: like that's 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 interesting. I'm very curious to see what they do from Legends because like mysterious role, like. Mm Obviously, Green Lantern is the first mm-hmm. thing that pops in your mind because that's been hinted at for so long. Mm-hmm. This character, people have been theorizing about that. But, like, why would it be a mysterious role in DC Legends? Why would it, like, I, I don't know. It's very interesting.
0: Again, um, I have. Yeah, but
1: yeah, definitely good for him. People really like David. So that's
0: really awesome. Yeah, I'm really, yeah. What do, do you think? Especially given that we are getting, uh, yeah, I, I think this is awesome. But then also I'm just, because I'm in just I'm kind of just in, because I'm just trying to figure out, is this going to be connected to the Berlanti Green Lantern show? I doubt it will be because it's going to be on HBO Max. But I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, like what if he's like one of the new, because apparently that show was being taken place in the 40s, 80s, and in the modern day. And I'm wondering, is he one of the modern lanterns?
1: possible I mean with bilanci involved anything's possible I've give like I have just accepted that if bou's involved there's a way for everything to connect even if it's not huge mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know it's because it, it at the end of crisis he got that box with the green right mm-hmm. green. He got something that was leading to he got like the ring the green lantern ring or something mm-hmm. um connected to that um yeah i don't know it's gonna be super interesting yeah i mean it would make the most obvious thing is the lantern thing but i i don't know like like i feel like it'd be such a disappointment if it's not that yeah. people have been wanting that for so long
0: mm-hmm. like
1: yeah years people have been theorizing and like hoping like he would get connected to the green lantern court in some way
0: mm-hmm. so yeah i'm really again i'm really curious to see how this is gonna pan out But yeah anyways moving on to our next topic uh ava duvernay is joining the cw uh with naomi according to deadline ava duvernay best known for her work on tw- um that's known for well not just her work um but for pretty much a 2014 selma uh, 2019's limited series, um, When They See Us, as well as A Wrinkle in Time. She was director of all three of those things. Um, mm. Is joined the CW as she and Arrow writer Jink Blankenship are developing an adaptation of the DC superhero story, Naomi for the Network, written by Michael, by- Michael, <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis, sorry. And David mm. F. Walker, as well as illustrated by artist Jamal Campbell and released in 2019. The show will follow a teenage, girl, uh, a teenage girl's journey from her small northwestern town to the heights of the multiverse when a supernatural event event shakes her hometown to the core naomi sets out to discover its origin and discovers and what she discovers will challenge everything we believe about our heroes uh DuVernay will write the series with blanketship as well as being the executive producer on it so from one from one dc fan to another welcome to the cw ava <laughs>
1: yeah welcome to the tw
0: um
1: the show sounds interesting
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i'd like to check it out and yeah um nice to have some new people come in kind of have mm-hmm. some new perspectives and stuff so i think that's pretty cool
0: yeah plus yeah. Ava DuVernay. Any, anything with mm-hmm. Ava, i'm gonna anything with Ava, i'm gonna watch and you know i'm so wait- i'm still waiting for that new gods movie
1: uh, i know
0: yeah but anyways, moving on to our next topic, uh, Kat Vasco is right to write is writing a female century Plastic Man, according to Hollywood Reporter Blacklist writer Kat Vasco has been tapped to pen a new script for a feature based on the DC comics hero Plastic Man. The project originally got underway two years ago when Amanda Ideco, uh, of the, um, she wrote The Mayor, um, was high, well, oh. rather, she was a writer on The Mayor. Was hired to pen the script for what is meant to be a comedic action adventure based on the character. However, sources tell THR that the project will be now a female-led vehicle, taking the project into a new direction. For those that are unfamiliar with the character, Plastic Man, a.k.a. Eel uh, O'Brien, was a crook-turned-good guy. During a botch heist, O'Brien is shot, and wouldn't you know it, Dallas with a serious chemical. Left for dead by his gang, he wakes he awakens to find himself imbued to, with the power of the shape shift and stretches body into almost anything. O'Brien eventually reforms and becomes a police officer. This character has been a cult favorite comic lovers and has appeared in multiple anime series, including Batman: The Brave and the Bold. Uh, the project actually has a very interesting history. Has been also in development for years, with the first reporting of it coming in 1982 when, War- wow. when Warner's um, was going to collaborate with the just then Forum DreamWorks SKG. Um, and Ambulant Entertainment as producers. This version of the project would have um, was r- actually written, there's a script for it, uh, was written by a pre-Matrix Wachowskis and directed oh. by, uh, and this is the interesting part, uh, the director of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, um, Brian Spicer. <laughs> and if you want to read the script, it's actually online. So I, oh, yeah. yeah. As for Vasco, she is known for adapting Queen of the Air, the story of trapeze artists, Lillian Lietz that has Margot Robbie attached to Star and is reteaming on the actress of the ad- on an adaptation of Jen Phillips Fierce Kingdom. She is also so nah, she's also worked on an adaptation of Boom Comics Lumberjanes when it was set up at Fox. The project is now being developed as an animated series at HBO Max. And most recently, she set up an untitled fairy tale project at Disney Plus with Olivia Cook and Lakeith Stanfield attached to start that is sent to turn the classic princess story on its head and offer off a modern take. So yeah, I'm I'm honestly kind of curious about this.
1: I'm very curious about this. Um, sounds like this kind of project has been in the works. Been, they've been trying to do something like this for a long time. So hopefully the new direction they're taking will pan out. Um, and sounds kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: yeah. So technically the movie would be called Plastic Woman. Plastic Woman. That's true. Huh. I'm just, I'm, I'm just curious, like how. Like I don't, the know, like,
1: I don't know very much about, um, Plastic Man, like the comic version of that in general. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, mm-hmm. it, should be very interesting to see what they do. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic, we got, okay, so we have sub news, one positive, one not. Um, the Flash pauses production due to a positive COVID test, and exclusive from Deadline reports that a team member working on the CW series The Flash in Vancouver has test positive for COVID. Um, Out of an abundance for caution, production on The Flash has been temporarily suspended and contract tracing has been initiated. According to sources, the studio is currently evaluating adjustments to the production schedule in order to resume filming without the affected employee and potential close contacts who are self-isolating. So, Mm. yeah. Uh,
1: uh. Yeah. This uh, this sucks, but at least they, like, it sounds like they got it pretty quickly, figured it Mm -hmm. out, so they were able to, like, get a plan in place um, and just hopefully it's not doesn't spread too much throughout the whole set of mm-hmm. The Flash. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. 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 Anyways, moving yeah. on to um, and, in addition, uh, the first five episode titles have been revealed for The Flash Season 7 per comicmovie.com. The CW has revealed the names of the first five episodes for Season 7 of The Flash. They are All That Ends wells. Uh, all mm-hmm. well, all Wells that Ends Wells. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the Speed of Thought, Mother, Central City Strong, and Family. There are no synopsis for these episodes. The season is set to air February 21st, 2021. So what mm-hmm. do you... Okay, what's your predictions on these titles?
1: Well, obviously the first one is about Wells. So it's going to be a big episode, either um, pr- what Wells we've had or bringing in the new Wells, because we always have a new Harrison Wells,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, just the way it's written. That's obviously what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the speed of thought, um, that's interesting. I don't, I, I wonder if that's gonna be more focusing on Cisco maybe, like just more science stuff possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mother i have no idea that could be a whole million different things um it could be them finally getting nora back and like maybe going that route it could be dealing with um other stuff or somebody else's mom who knows um central city strong um big central city episode obviously from what it sounds like so maybe something terrible happens and then the team flash brings the Central City back together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And fear me. That's a little terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um I wonder if that's gonna be like like the last few seasons, like with Zoom, Zoom had his big episode mm-hmm. where like he had showed his power and stuff. I wonder if that's gonna be like a similar episode where like our big bag for this season is gonna do something like that.
0: I think I have a feeling that's the case because I know yeah. we were supposed to get a Zoom episode last season before you know they so had to shut down yeah. the episodes in half. Yeah. 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 Anyways, moving on. Um, I have a question. Did you ever see Overlord?
1: Mm. Okay. All right.
0: Um, according to Deadline, uh, Universal is developing an original horror f- slash thriller inspired by the studio's classic monsters legacy, set in the world mm-hmm. of Van Helsing. With Overlord director Julius avery directing and jj Wan producing through his atomic monster banner the log line for script is being kept under arrest but the film is set in the world of the famous monster hunter
1: um interesting
0: yeah as a fan of overlord which if you have not seen i actually do recommend um it's actually a pretty good um it was produced by jj abrams and it, it's kind of under that cl- whole cloverfield thing but it's oh not,
1: okay i saw but,
0: cloverfield but it's not connected to it in fact so much so that at one at like right around when the movie came out, it was like, you know what, let's just have it be its own thing. And for those that don't know the premise, it pretty much follows an African-American soldier uh, during World War II as he um, has to kind of, as he um, has to go with this um, group group in order like, to, cause it's set during, um, what, what's it, D-Day? Oh, okay. D-Day and they have to ultimately, like they ultimately have to uh, deal with uh, Nazi zombies
1: oh Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, <laughs> oh my it's, god,
0: it's a lot of fun. I went to see it in the theaters, and I just had a blast.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So I'm um, I'm happy that this director is getting more work. I know what he was supposed to do would be doing a Flash Gordon movie before um the Fox merger happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy he's getting work, and I'm really excited for him. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Um. So some big news happened in the Hellraiser um, universe. Um, okay, are, are you familiar with Hellraiser? I'm just I, I have to.
1: No, I'm not. I I want our listeners to understand there is a lot of movies and a lot of things they have not seen, and that's why Josh is here because he has a lot more knowledge about a lot of stuff that I do than I do.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: explain, my friend.
0: Uh, okay, so Hellraiser <laughs> back uh-huh. in the day was a was a movie. Um, written and directed by um, Clyde Barker who's a novelist and and essentially um so have you ever seen an image of a pale man with like pins on his head and he has like a ball or a Maybe? box okay that, that character is pinhead and it and it's just and he um he tortures people it's it's, it's all sorts of weird and it's just mm. he has on, he has like on this like leather gear and stuff and it's just interesting and yeah, no. Um, there was a whole franchise about it, and it, it, I think they're doing also a series on HBO ma- on HBO soon. But I, oh. with this news, it might not happen because uh, according to THR, Clyde Barker, who wrote and directed the 1987 horror flick Hellraiser, has successfully leveraged copyright law to recapture the American rights to the franchise. On Monday, oh. his attorney filed papers in California federal court confirming a settlement with Park Avenue Entertainment, the production company that has held the movie rights. Um. Mm-hmm. Under the termination provisions of the Copyright Act of 1976, authors may recapture the rights from publishers after waiting a prescribed period, usually 35 years, for newer works and sending a notice within a five-year window. Barker did so, but met resistance from Larry Coopin, the producer who was once purchased New World Pictures from Roger Corman. New World had released the horror movie, and according to the lawsuit that that came in June, told Barker in correspondence that he could not terminate because the terms of the original contract movie contract were to be constructed under UK contract law. The legal dispute thus mm. seemed primed to explore what happens when the original rights assignment happens in a foreign uh, jurisdiction. Plus, there is some, the some, a somewhat complicated chain of title. Although here it appears as though Barker t- sent a term, uh, yeah, Jesus, a notice of termination to the single purpose vehicle that he had once personally co founded, but the parties have come to a deal. Uh, the judge has now been presented with a proposed consent judgment that states that Barker will capture the U.S. rights on December nineteenth, twenty twenty one. However, there is no word what the status is on the foreign rights. Uh, Barker isn't the only one; only, isn't the only writer from the eighties attempting to gain back the French, franchise rights, um, rights as term, as Predator, Die Hard, Beetlejuice, Terminator, and Among others are now up for grabs. And in terms, oh. and in terms of horror, this is another successful win for the original writer. Um, one only has to kind of look at the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise which in which the U.S. domestic rights have actually reverted back to writer-director and series creator uh, Wes Craven's Sustain.
1: oh okay
0: so it's really interesting and it, it, it is now very interesting especially now you know we for the last decade or really mm-hmm. two we've been living in a time it's been really the age of IP but what happens yeah. when the original writers of that IP want their property back
1: that's that's true because we yeah you're 100 percent right because we have like it's no surprise to anybody that we've had a lot of reboots and stuff like that going on from older movies um yeah what's going to happen if original creators want their project back and want the rights back to their to their babies you know Mm -hmm. it's like that's that's gonna be very interesting um yeah wow okay that's a very interesting story,
0: mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, I'm, as soon as it came on my play, I was like, "We have to talk about this." And I know you're not the oh, biggest war yeah. person, but I just wanted to talk about the legal ramifications.
1: Oh no, yeah, I know that. I mean, that's a big deal. Like, because mm-hmm. you, you brought up a good point: is what's going to happen once IPs are being bought back, and like studios don't have rights to redo stuff mm-hmm. as much as they wanted to. Yeah. Huh, Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyways, moving on to our next topic. The Oscars is mulling over options for next year's ceremony. According to Variety, sources tell the publication that the Motion Pictures Academy is currently exploring how an in-person Oscar ceremony could work next spring, given the state of the COVID-19 pandemic. For context, the Academy has moved its annual telecast back two months to April 25th, 2021. Sources inside the Oscars say that by pushing the award ceremony back, the Academy hoped that theaters would be opening it in the spring. Thus, allowing for more movies to compete in the annual celebration of the year's best films. The Academy has done a walkthrough of the Dolby recently to see all the multiple options, as an award publicist familiar with the situation. However, there are still questions, questions as to exactly how many people will be allowed in the 3,400 um, 3, seat Dolby Theater in Los Angeles, where the ceremony traditionally takes place. It's also not clear what safety protocols will be introduced for the ceremony. A representative for the Dolby Theater has declined to comment. I want to get your, th- what are your thoughts on this?
1: Oh, okay. This is interesting. Um, Cause I do know that the Emmys, just happened not long ago, mm-hmm. um, and they did it via zoom. They did it over online. I know it wasn't as big deal as it normally is. Cause it's not as exciting to watch people accept boards over zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that the Oscars are like, we want to have our normal, as normal as we can get in person thing um i don't know like i know that there's been talks that the vaccine will be ready and that Mm -hmm. maybe by april by next spring everything will start calming down Mm -hmm. hopefully um but i don't know i mean that's a risk that they're that hollywood's gonna have to take i guess or i do think they should have a backup for Mm -hmm. doing it via zoom just in Mm -hmm. case stuff can't happen yeah but um i don't know i mean if there's if the safety protocols make sense and it's not i don't know and everything's spread apart if they can do that then maybe it'll be okay but i don't know i'd have a backup plan just in case that's my opinion what do you think
0: yeah if i was the academy right now i would at least be having the backup plan because it's just like I mean, I don't, I mean, you, you've seen the telecast of the, of the Oscars. Like, it's crammed.
1: It's yeah, crammed. there's a lot it's of packed. people that go. And I don't yeah. even
0: know, and, you know, I've been to the theater, I've been to the movie theaters and stuff um, since, you know, the pandemic has happened. And they have the social distance people. And it's like, as soon as you were like, like three people are like one row, the whole entire row is boxed off. And I'm just like wondering, how the hell would you do that?
1: That's true. I mean, like, would you even be able to like, it might literally just be the people who are nominated mm-hmm. and maybe, like, one other person. Like, yeah. who's, like their, like, their manager or their publicist or, like, their significant other or somebody.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, or yeah, their family member. They cut down
0: on invitations to see her.
1: Oh, yeah. If they're going to try to do it in person, they're going to have to cut down significantly or have a backup plan in yeah.
0: place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic, and or well rather our last topic of the day and this is the big one. Mhm. You ready?
1: I'm very I'm very interested to hear your thoughts about this. I I really am. Let's go. All
0: right. So Warner Brothers so Warner Brothers has or rather Warner Media has decided to send its entire 2021 lineup to theaters and HBO Max simultaneously. And let's just say this is cause of response in the industry. So according to Deadline, the Burbank California-based Warner Brothers is putting its entire 2021 theatrical state on HBO Max for the film's respective first month of release concurrent with a global cinema release. Following the Mm one-month HBO Max access period domestically, each film will leave the platform and continue theatrically in the U.S. and international territories with all customary distribution windows applying to the title. These titles set to be released include The Little Things, a crime thriller starring Denzel Washington and Rami Malek, Judas and the Black Messiah, a biopic of the life of Fred Hampton, who was a chairman of the Black Panther Party, starring Daniel Kaluuya as Hampton and Lakeith Stanfield as Willie O'Neill, an FBI informant within the party. Those Who Wish Me Dead, a crime thriller starring Angelina Jolie, Nicholas Holt, Tyler Perry, and John Bernthal, set to be directed by Sicario screenwriter Sh- uh, Taylor Sheridan. Uh, reminiscent uh, tra- sci-fi drama starring Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, and Newton, and is to be written and directed by Westworld co-creator Lisa Joy. Uh, not yeah, Lisa Joy, Malignant, uh, the newest film from Aquaman director James Wan, King Richard, a biopic about tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams from the perspective of their father Richard, starring Will Smith, John Bernthal, and Dylan McDerm- McDermott of um, American Horror Story fame. *Crime Macho, an adaptation of the 1975 novel set to be directed, produced, and starring Clint Eastwood. The Many Saints of Newark, which is a prequel to the HBO series of Sopranos*, written by series creator David Chase and uh, Lawrence Croner and starring Alessandria Nova who was sensei in the Jesse Eisenberg movie The Artist of Defense uh, Leslie Odom Jr. John Bernthal Cora Vera Farmiga, Leota and Michael Danofini who was the son of series stars Jane Gandolfini but the big times and this is the big one that are set to air on the streamer The Conjuring Free, The Devil Made Me Do It Space Jam 2 A New Legacy, The Suicide Squad Dune and The Matrix 4
1: Oh man
0: yeah, in an interview with Variety, studio chief Tommy Emmerich said that the hybrid pl- plan came about after exploring various options for Woman 1984 The international box office has significantly rebounded and even fielding some big hits in China and Japan. Alternatively, the domestic market hasn't seen any movie come to, close to box office levels in terms of ticket sales. HBO Max is the only available in the U.S., so international markets won't be affected. After considering all available options and a projected state of uh, movie going throughout 2021, we came to the conclusion that this was the best way for more media's motion picture and business to navigate the next 12 months, said Warner Media CEO Jason Keller. Um, most importantly, we are p- planning to bring consumers 17 remarkable movies throughout the year, giving them the choice and the power to decide how they want to enjoy these films. Our content is extremely valuable unless it is sitting. City- Sitting on a shelf, not being seen by anyone, we believe in this approach, serves our fans, supports our exhibitors and filmmakers, and enhances the HBO Max experience is creating value for all. A statement from Ann Starnoff, Warner, uh, yeah, Warner Bros. CEO and chairman, reads, We are living in unprecedented times, which calls for creative solutions, including this new initiative for the Warner Brothers Picture Group. Uh, Starnoff said, Nobody wants films back on the big screen than we do. We know new content is the lifeblood of, the th- of theatrical exhibition, but we have to balance this reality with, uh, with the reality that most theaters in the US will likely operate at reduced capacity throughout 2021. With this u- unique one-year plan, we can support our partners in exhibition with a steady pipeline of world-class film will also giving moviegoers who may not have access to theaters or, or, or are quite ready to go back to the movies the chance to see our amazing 2021 film." She continues. Uh, we see this as a win-win for film lovers and ex- uh, ex- uh, yeah, exhibitors. And we are we're extremely grateful to our filmmaking partners for working with us on this innovative response to these circumstances. However, not many theater teams are happy with this, but AMC CEO, Aaron Aaron has said, these coronavirus impacted times are uncharted waters for all of us, which is why AMC signed on to, the, to an HBO Max exemption with customary practice for one film only, 1984, appearing, that it will be at its height. However, Warner's now hopes to do this for all its twenty all their twenty twenty one theatrical movies, despite the likelihood that vax, Despite the likelihood that, with vaccines right around the corner, the theater business is set to recover clearly mm-hmm. warner media intends to sacrifice a considerable portion of the profitability of its movie division studio and that is the production partners and filmmakers to subsidize its HBO max start oh boy he's not happy about this mm-hmm. um as for AMC, we will do in our power to ensure that warner does not do so at our expense we will aggressively pursue economic terms that preserve our business we already have conducted an immediate and urgent Dialogue with the leadership of Warner on the subject. As this issue gets sorted out, we are nevertheless encouraged that that vaccines protecting society at large against the coronavirus are very much at hand. So it is the assumption that moviegoers will soon be able to once again delight in the in coming to our theaters without any worry, view the world's best movies safely in our big seats, our big sound, and our big screens. And according to Deadline, um, the major exhibitors again. This news. When was this news? Was this news? It was released yesterday, right? Or no, the day before yesterday. Um, i think
1: so yeah.
0: yeah um again we record this on saturday so um mm-hmm. ex- and according to deadline the major exhibitors on thursday received an hour's heads up from warner's before the news broke some smaller exhibitors only learned seven minutes prior to the big hbo max window news in addition to Aaron's um Aaron's statement uh cinemark has released a s- statement saying in light of the current operating environment we are making near terms booking on a Decisions on a film by film basis, as Cinem- Cinemark Swift Kirsten said in a statement by email. At this time, Warner, Warner Brothers have has not provided any details for the hybrid distribution model of their 2021 films. As for Regal, its own Cine-ran, um, CineWorld, um, UK ran CineWorld, said this. CineWorld was aware of Warner Brothers' plans to release Warner 1 directly to a streaming service, which had been announced at a time where cinemas were being closed in the US, Regal, and the UK. We're very encouraged by the giant steps achieved recently with regards to the COVID-19 vaccination process, which is set to be put in place earlier than expected. This will generate relief for our industry and enable our competitors, our, not competitors, but cinemas to make a great comeback. We believe that at, a time, that at such a time, War Brothers is looking to reach an agreement about the proper window and term that will work for both sides. Big movies are Made for the big screen, and we cannot or reopen our fears in the first quarter in order to offer our customers, as always, the best place to watch a movie. Overall, the exhibitors see this news as mixed," said um, an ex- exhibition executive telling Katie, telling writer Katie Kaddick of Gizmodo. Um, the executive then elaborates that many figures just want movies right now, and it's possible that Warner Media has negotiated terms that are favorable to theaters, having a movie at all for a theatrical release would likely be preferable to having no movie because the studio has opted for a POVD, private video on demand, release, for example. However, whether or not this will be the future model of for th- theatrical distribution remains to be seen.
1: Ooh. Okay. So, <laughs> this was a big one that dropped. Um, yeah. Um, so, we all know, in the U.S., Movie theaters are not most movie theaters are not open right now. Mm-hmm. There are probably a few that are open, but not many are open. So this is a big deal of Wonder Woman 1984, because mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, the sequel, was supposed to be released this time last year,
0: correct? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: It got pushed it got pushed back to the summer of this mm-hmm. year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That didn't happen because corona hit in March. So mm-hmm. then they pushed it back to November.
0: I, I think either October or November.
1: Yeah. And then that didn't happen. So then they made the final decision to dual release it in theaters where it's open and in on HBO Max. For free. Not mm-hmm. like on, on Disney Plus, but for mm-hmm. free for people who have HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So that's the first one. That made sense. Uh-huh. This is interesting because yes. this is going to get very, very, very interesting for movie theaters, and I'm a little bit worried because Warner's is one of the bigger one of the bigger movie companies, uh-huh. right?
0: Uh-huh.
1: So, what happens? Like this is going this is going to have a ripple effect. Like uh-huh. if they, let's say this is successful, then Warner's likes how this plays out next year. And mm-hmm. they have, and like, they're not, they like the numbers that come out from this. They like, they like the numbers from the streaming and the theaters mm-hmm. once the theaters open. Like, it's a good balance for them. That's mm-hmm. that They like this and they want to continue this. This could severely impact movie theaters chains. Mm-hmm. So I completely understand why movie theater executives and CEOs are like, what the hell is this? Like, what, what?
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I get it. I also can understand that Warners is like, we have no, we know that there's a vaccine coming, but we also have no idea when it's going to be available. We have mm-hmm. an kind of idea of a time frame, but that could be, that could also like, it could be later too. Mm-hmm. Who knows?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, so, and I also get Warners being like, we have a lot of content we want to get out and we feel like this is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. This is crazy. I know. This, like, I'm thinking if this was Disney, this would be even crazier because of how yeah. big Disney is. Yeah. And like, that's also the other thing. If this works for Warners, they'll be surprised if the other companies want to try to do something like this.
0: I can already see the mouse being the mouse being like, and yeah. Warner Warners is doing something interesting here. Uh, although I think It's gonna affect movies
1: in general because it could cut down budgets and it could like because the movie theaters, like, oh, we're also gonna put this on streaming so we don't have to like make it so high of a budget for Mm -hmm. theater movies, too, you know. Yeah, like that's potential to this has distinct ripple effects going through (laughs) everything, down from movie theaters down to just movies in general, down to actors. Because it could affect their salary. Mm-hmm. Because if they're like, let's say, like, okay, how much did Cap? Um, how much did um, Captain Marvel make? Um,
0: like, I think about a billion.
1: A billion dollars. So, like those kind of movies, mm-hmm. the main star is not going to get whatever Brie Larson made on Marvel because of her. Because of the, like, mm-hmm. like. The amount of, it, like, this is going to affect how much movies make
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: affect how big the budget's following movies to make also mm-hmm. and actors and stuff like that. Because it's like, oh, it's also going to go to streaming. So we're not we're not anticipating it making as much money so we can't afford to pay you, like, like what, Johnny Depp's getting a $10 million pay, payout for Fantastic Beasts? Yes. And he's not it. So, like, those numbers, if this works out and other Companies want to follow this mold or whatever, it's gonna change a lot. I know stuff. I think. Yeah. Like like it's just I it's like one of those things that could be a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm sorry, I talked so long.
0: It's okay. I I'm with you. This is gonna have a massive ripple effect. I I I don't know how I feel about this. Cause on one hand, you know, even though we have a vaccine coming, we don't know when it's coming
1: exactly we don't
0: know when it's coming so you know when you're saying
1: they hopefully april but we also don't know
0: yeah and yeah you know and again you know when you have stuff when you have 200 million dollar movies like dune suicide squad the matrix Mm -hmm. four for christ's sake yeah you're just like
1: big big budget movies that aren't going to make their money back probably
0: Yeah. yeah because
1: i guarantee you that 90% of the people who are going to see this movie are going to want to see it in, in their homes where it's safe, for the most part, on the streaming. And because, like, I don't know how many people are going to feel comfortable going back to the movies for a while after yeah. this.
0: Yeah, I'm, I will say- That's so-
1: like, that's my, yeah, sorry, go ahead.
0: As someone that has been to the theater, because I've been to the theater about four times since the pandemic hit, for Tenet, okay. The Wolf *The Wolf of Stone Hollow- um, I went to a screening of Monty Python and the Holy Rite, which was fun, and okay. and freaky, and all of okay. more of those times, I you know I had to obviously wear a mask and stuff, and except when I was except when I had like snacks and stuff, mm-hmm. and for the most part, I thought it was fine. But when I mm-hmm. went, one thing I noticed, and I went to various different chains. I went to one independent chain, um, I went to one Cinemark chain, and then I went to an AMC chain. Mm-hmm. It was okay. bare. There were barely people there. Yeah. There were barely people there. I think I might have used like one family. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if it's because of just the fact that there aren't any movies out or if it's because a lot of people don't feel comfortable going. And I imagine it's probably a very- bare- Probably
1: combo of both.
0: Probably a combo. Honestly. Yeah.
1: Because I feel like there's, there right now movies are not playing any anything new mm-hmm. if there are open. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's not, Anything people are rushing to go see right now, anyway. And mm-hmm. then there's also um, people just not feeling comfortable because m- when you think of a movie theater, you think of a bunch of people in one space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, that's not what we're supposed to be doing right now.
0: Yeah. So, and, and that's un- and that's understandable, especially. Yeah. And that's understandable. Yeah. I just, I'm just. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays
1: out. It's very interesting to me.
0: I it, it very very if much Disney.
1: The big thing is if Disney decides to do something like this, because that's going to be
0: that that if oh.
1: that's going to yeah, that's going to be that's I don't even know how to explain it, but that's going to be huge, and that's going to be a problem for yeah. movie theaters. I think.
0: I I think I, I don't remember who this was, but I remember on YouTube um looking i just um someone someone was referring to this kind of as a kick in the balls i imagine that i imagine that if let's say the mouse decided to take something like this which i don't know if they would because i think they're still kind of recovering from the mulan fiasco and i think they're kind of licking their wounds yeah. a bit um mm-hmm. I, you know if the mouse would do this it would be kind of like almost a death kneel. And I, you know, I'm a movie goer. I'm a movie goer. And I will say this also, and I actually recommend everyone watch this video. Um, You know who Chris Suckman is, right?
1: Say his name again, Chris
0: who? Chris Suckman. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah. I've heard of him, yeah. I
0: I was watching a video because he talked about this and he said like throughout this year, you know, he was kind of like a big, huge movie goer, uh, movie goer person, and he still is. But he's also had to kind of reframe how he views cinema, especially with most titles now being on streaming. Mm-hmm. However, he also mentioned that one of the downsides of streaming is that people tend to forget like that. And that happens a lot. Like there are titles, there are movies with titles that I, I really like and I really enjoy. But after like a week or two, I forget. So I I yeah, and I think it was like in a feeder, I would be seeing like mul- these movies like multiple times. And I will That's also true. I will also say, at least with Dune. The Matrix 4, Suicide Squad, and Godzilla versus Kong. I will be seeing those first in the theaters.
1: Mm, okay.
0: And then potentially on HBO Max. I might also do the same with Wonder Woman 1984, but given everything, because right now we're in California, we just got a new stay-at-home order. I might not be able to do that, but, you know. We, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would like to see Wonder Woman 1984 in an IMAX screen. I just also, yeah, and also just IMAX screens. It's like, God, I really miss an IMAX screen.
1: I know it's it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out um, and Warner Brothers being the first company to kind of make a decision for next year and mm-hmm. how to approach um, this and because I, I this is like a pretty final decision this isn't going to be like mm-hmm. them deciding what to do with Wonder Woman like they're like this is what we're doing and there's no reason to change it because they're just going to like unless unless like the theater companies really throw up a huge fit, yeah. and like because it sounds like they could probably they're probably still talking about it
0: they probably are i i remember seeing on deadline that they're like trying to figure out like okay what the hell do we do here i know amc's I know. probably pissed off also i'm just wondering about the filmmakers like gun um james gunn Delito Villeneuve, um adam wingard who's directing um godzilla versus kong the wakowski um lana Wachowski, who's doing the new matrix they've had to be at least consulted right but because hopefully because i was reading something where a appara- pair i think this was on deadline apparently legendary who's again if you remember last week's video last week's episode um was because was um was um they they put like 75 percent of the budget budget for Godzilla versus Kong and you know with the last 25 being remain remaining for Warners as well as Warners controlling the release and I'm just I'm just wondering like yeah and I think I read something where I don't think they were consulted I don't know and I'm just wondering like wondering like I wonder how the filmmakers are feeling and I've been trying to see what how James Gunn's been feeling about all this and I don't think he's responding I don't think any of the filmmakers have responded and yeah. I, they've i mean i know what happened with legendary but you you think that they would at least be consulted
1: probably you would think so but who knows you know like
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe warner mm-hmm. did not even think about it but they probably should if they're making the movie and like like you said like those movies you listed off are made for theatrical release
0: mm-hmm.
1: big screen mm-hmm. The facts Amen. are like it's like designed for those kind of releases. Mm-hmm. So, them hearing, oh, we're also dual releasing it on streaming because, like, then they're like, oh, so, like, uh, it's so confusing. And, like, what you said about the movie, mm-hmm. um, what was it, uh, Kong or something,
0: uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Legend-
1: Legendary putting up twenty five Warner's getting twenty putting up twenty five percent of the budget for that, like the movie, the amount of money it's gonna make, like, that's gonna affect that too. It's gonna it's gonna affect everything, I think, eventually. Yeah,
0: and I'm just and I'm just like look, I get it for certain times. Like I get it for I get putting like, for example, everything from um the little things to the many saints of new new War. Like, I get putting that on HBO Max. But the big titles, Dune, Matrix, Space Jam 2, Conjuring 3, um, Suicide Squad.
1: The one thing I will give it is that in that discussion, Warners did say it will only be available to release for one month when Mm -hmm. it's first put out. And then after that, it will go on, like, whatever, the three, four months until it gets re-released again on um, streaming. Or, like, for like at home viewing so it's still gonna get a a certain amount of time in the theaters where you can only see it in the theaters
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but it's going to affect it a lot I think because like most people probably aren't going to go to the theaters because they either can't they'll feel comfortable and are just like why would I go if I have it here on streaming
0: so I'm just gonna be interesting I'm just hoping that these movies also get a big, huge marketing push, especially for the big ones. Because you know that they put money in. I them. hope so, too. And it would be really a yeah. shame to be like, okay, we're a lot of getting that money. And it's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah, and I just, I'm hoping that. And again, I I honestly, I really don't know how I feel about this. Because on one hand, I get where the studios are coming from. And I get where most people, especially those that don't feel comfortable, comfortable, you know, going to movies because of covid coming from but i'm just like especially as a theater goer i'm just like jesus wow. but then also I again i mentioned this earlier i think like stuckman we might have to reevaluate how we view cinema like i was watching mank last night which i'm going to talk about in a bit uh david mm-hmm. interesting movie and you know i i and you know i felt engaged with the movie like i watched it um you can't see but i have a tv a flat screen tv in my room and mm-hmm. i felt engaged with it and stuff and it was interesting and. But I will admit, though, like as much as I was engaged with the movie, I kind of wish I saw this movie in a theater because then you can remove the distraction of like cell phones and stuff. But I mean, one, one thing i have kind of been reading about, especially on Reddit, like a lot of people don't like the theater because, you know, you have to deal with annoying annoying people as well.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and, th- and that's always a factor. And that's always a factor, especially when you're just dealing with social context. You're always going to get those people, but. I, if in my personal opinion, you know, I feel more focused when I'm at a theater because I have to like turn off my cell phone and stuff, and I can't disturb mm-hmm. anyone. Then, yeah. like when I'm like watching something on streaming, it's why I have such a very long streaming movies on streaming, and it is ridiculous that I don't even know how many we'll to get to those by the end of the year. But yeah, no Jesus, but yeah, yeah. no, this is this is gonna be nuts. And I, again, I'm really curious to see if the mouse is gonna pull any it. Again, I don't think they are, but I would not be surprised if they're looking at this very, very, very closely.
1: Oh, yeah. For sure. Definitely. They're probably looking seeing how this goes for Warners and seeing if it's something they should think about doing. Um, and yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens and how this affects stuff going down, even if it's like a temporary thing, mm-hmm. um, like for just next year.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then they go back to normal ways the following year. Uh-huh. Um yeah, it's gonna be very interesting.
0: Yeah. Anyways, so now to our recommendations. Um you know what you know what's when what time it is, Jamie?
1: Mandalorian time?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> God, I really wish I, I really wish we can use that We can use that bit, but I imagine we would probably Oh, we would probably get a um Get copyright oh, yeah, for Copyright sure. strike you from the would. mouse God
1: damn it Oh yeah,
0: yeah. So, 100% The Mandalorian, episode 2 uh, Not episode 2, but season 2 Episode 6, the tragedy Or what it should be called I got a bad feeling about this as yep. soon as, yeah As soon as I saw the title card I was like, oh no I saw the pedal too. I'm like,
1: "Crap, what's gonna happen?" I'm like, "No," and yeah. I had a bad feeling like almost immediately. Like as mm-hmm. soon as they got to the planet, I'm like, "This is not this is they this is not going to go well." I'm like, "Something re- like was not." Mm-mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I yeah. Um, this episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez of Spy Kids fame,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Desperado and El Mariachi. But yeah. Um, this episode also marks the return of Boba Fett.
1: Yes, we finally get to see Boba Fett come back, which is very cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very badass.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and not only that, but we also get a character of Fennec, uh, Fennec Stan, a.k.a. Um, Minna Wen, uh played by Minna Wen, a.k.a. Mulan, a.k.a. Melinda May from Ace of Shield, a.k.a. Chun-Li from Street Fighter the movie, um, <laughs> who was revived by Bilba mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Win and Mechanical stomach. Um, we mm-hmm. are about to fight. Um, as Boba wants his armor back, but are interrupted by legions of stormtrooper. They are forced to work together. Um, uh, just just uh, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, even though this is like the shortest episode, this is a really fun episode. There's, <laughs> there were some great action set pieces from uh, oh, yeah. Rodriguez, and just um, yeah,
1: the I, action was on point. I thought it was really good.
0: I just love that Boba. That Boba, and also <laughs> spoilers for the episode.
1: Yeah, spoiler, spoiler. Which we keep <laughs> forgetting to
0: do every single time we talk about this I'm show.
1: sorry, guys. But you should know, as soon as you say Mandalorian, we're going at a spoiler, so we'll try to be better, but just know that for future reference. <laughs> it's, uh, Boba Fett is a badass, and he is terrifying. And him and Mando together is gonna be one hell of a team-up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then just him just, like, taking people down with that staff was just awesome and then mm-hmm. um and then you know um melinda may i'm sorry may not is always gonna be at least either melinda may for me to so Shield, Mulan, or chung lee or fennec and i just her with just the rifle and stuff just mm-hmm. just oh god i i don't know i don't know if, I, I imagine she probably did have a stunt woman for the majority of that but i imagine she, but i also know that she likes to do also her own sense sometimes and i Again, I want to give props to both the Sun team as well as um, the Sun team in general. The Sun team in general have been great this season, as well as mm-hmm. um, as well as um, Melinda May. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, I keep calling her Melinda May because yeah, um, yeah, as well as the stunts
1: are really good. If it yeah. was, it probably was a combo, both of them,
0: mm-hmm. like a
1: stunt stunt performer and the actor, um, and yeah, the it was good, yeah. really good.
0: However, despite this, team up, Grogu is captured by a group of no. troopers. and not only that, but the Mando ship, the Razor Crest, gets blown up, despite the fact that he just got it repaired.
1: That's so sad. As it, it took me a second to realize what happened. I'm like, oh no, his ship. It's like no. I watched this at like, er, very like midnight Friday morning. So like, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was very, that's very sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um, Boba Fennec uh, joined forces with Mando and the episode ends with Mando asking Cara, Cara Dune to search for um, Bill Burr's character Mayfield and telling her that the child's been captured. Um, So I'm not gonna (laughs) lie, there was a bit where I almost had my Samuel Jackson voice where she, like when uh, Mando was telling her, was telling her like, uh yeah so what is this for it's like um yeah um the kid's been captured and it's like and it's like she them the look, the look like uh, just be like uh, that's all you have to say yeah why, why did you not leave with that
1: listen mando and Cara are gonna go screw some stuff up they're gonna go go get groku back oh no it was gonna... like it's gonna be crazy yeah but her oh, face oh. she was like why didn't you just say that and like what the hell
0: happened? Like, tell me right now. Okay, I, th- I think it's gonna be a whole posse. It's gonna be Mando, uh, Boba Fett, Fennec, um, Mayfield, um, Uncle Grief, um, Aunt Kara, mm-hmm. Aunt Cara, Ahsoka, Bo Katan, Bo Katan, um, yeah, I'd be into that's it. That's everyone. I'd be so, into it. Yeah, and they're all gonna go and whoop, um, whoop, um, Moff Gideon's ass. Like, like oh, that darksaber can't weird. help him now.
1: No, he's screwed. Because as soon as they find him and can get to him, he's freaking screwed because they're all gonna be like, Hello, you don't take the child.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> don't,
1: yes, don't take groku Yeah, you you <laughs>
0: don't you don't take my son. <laughs> oh,
1: no, yeah. Cause yeah.
0: you know he's gonna just get everyone and they're gonna go on him, and that darksaber can't help him. You he thinks that darksaber can help him. Oh uh, no, yeah, no, yeah. Also, before the episode ended, um, we get a confrontation between Grogu and Gideon as he's using the Force mm-hmm. on some stormtroopers. Star Troop, Star that is Dark Side. Yeah, Dark Side Grogu just coming out and. Yep. I also just love Gina. I also love Gina. Um, Gina Carlos Esposito, aka uh, Gun. Gus Fring from Breaking Bad, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I love his interaction with the puppet. And just just like, oh, you get tired when you're, when you're, when you're doing the baby, baby thing. Yeah. It's just, it's just adorable. And I just, yeah. And also I just love like when he like has a dark saber out. it's like, and, and Groku's trying to like reach it, but it's like, uh, 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 that thing, this thing will that poke your eye out not for you <laughs> yeah and i just thought like um especially with the christmas season coming around it's like it's like it's just, I, I i don't think this was intentional but i i i, I, I kind of saw it as a subtle um reference to um a christmas story oh i love
1: that with, movie yeah with the,
0: with the um uh you know it has main character wants uh the um
1: i want the red right red uh, rider red, red rider, rider bb, BB gun, gun. Yeah, okay. I don't remember the, all the like details. And Santa's um, like, that and thing all will I poke can your... remember is a compass in the stock, and you'll sh- you'll shoot your eye out, kid.
0: It's like you yeah. poke your eye out. But yeah, no, I just, oh God, I overall, despite this being like the shortest episode of the date, I really enjoyed it. The action set piece were cool, and also, and this happened in the beginning of the episode, but seeing Mando play cat with baby um, baby Yoda is both sweet and heartbreaking, considering the events of this episode. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. yeah, and I, I, we only have two episodes left.
1: No, why is it so
0: short? I, it's so
1: good, but it's so short.
0: Don't don't even don't even get me started. Just
1: Oh man. Hopefully, I'm sure I can't wait for the finale to see what they're setting up because I feel like the, the finale is going to be big and there's going to be some big stuff coming. Yeah. Um I yeah. feel.
0: I am I'm, I'm with you. I I'm, I'm curious i'm curious if because i know moff gideon i i know moff gideon needs to be back for now but i'm wondering if he's working for thrawn i think he's working for thrawn and i don't know if we're gonna that get him in the show but i you know i'm i'm just i don't know it's just i'm really curious at, at this point I'm, I'm just i'm really curious to see what's gonna happen but i'm also just kind of along for the ride me
1: too i am i'm like the same way Mm-hmm. i'm like i'm into it but I also just like watching it just to like be there and be like experiencing it and stuff um yeah yeah, yeah. but two more episodes can't wait for them should be good <laughs> should be a good time <laughs>
0: <laughs> why why are we do anyways um so i watched so as i mentioned earlier i watch um i just recently watched um David Fincher's new movie, Mank, on Netflix. Um, for those that don't know who David Fincher is, he is the director of such films as Fight Club and The Social Network. And his newest film, Mank, is definitely one of my favorites of the year. The film follows screenwriter Herman Mank Minkwitz as he reflects on his time in 1930s Hollywood while writing one of the greatest films of all time, Citizen Kane. The cast is great, with Gary Oldman giving me a great performance as the lead. In addition, Amanda Surfry, Lily Collins, Arlis Howard, Tom Propley, who from Iron Fist, Charles Dance, and Tom Burke as a young uh, Orson Welles and Tumpus Middleton, Middleton who, by the way, um, played Riley on Sense8. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. As um, Mink's wife, all give great performances. Um, as for Direction, Finch's direction has never been better with his attention to detail, as well as the singular train marks, uh, train marks, close-up, and, sh- and wide shots. But I also so, want to give credit to um his cinematographer. Uh, give me one second. Yeah, his cinematographer. Come on, come on. Yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. everyone, sorry, everyone. I uh, my screen accidentally like went to another page, and it's just it's trying to get back.
1: It's all um, good. Yeah.
0: Um, Got to
1: give credit to these people.
0: Yeah, want to very hard. Yeah, I want to give credit to um. Eric um, as he adds a night, adds to the 1930s and 40s to study by making everything black and white. This includes the editing, which he reunited with social network editor Kurt Baxter into making a quick puppy movie that seems like something out of the 30s and 40s. But the person I really want to give credit to is the screenwriter, which was originally written back in the 90s by Jack Fincher, David's father, who's passed away in 2003. Uh, Forrest Gump screenwriter Eric Roth also contributes to the screenplay, but it is uncredited. That said, Fincher Sr. superb dial is script is superb with the dialogue being quick and witty while also fleshing out the characters and motivations it's also surprisingly relevant which um i won't give too much away about that but um considering when this was written it it's like oh wow yeah also okay. the score by Trent Reznor and atticus ross was um great as always and it's completely different from the usual sense it sounds like something in the 1930s and 40s overall mank is one of the best ones of the year i highly recommend checking it out and yeah that is our episode for today
1: Yep, yeah, that's our episode. So please give us a follow on all our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you feel like shooting us an email, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com, spelled all the way out. And we will leave a link to our anchor homepage, which has all of our social media links in there. So you can go and check that out and give us a follow.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyways, have a lovely weekend and we will see you all next time. Bye bye.
1: Yeah. See y'all next time guys. Bye.